This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Mental Health Care Act 2017 has underlined the fact that both physical and mental health are equally important. IRDAI has asked mental illnesses to be included in all regular health insurances, but there has not been an implementation of it. So where are the loopholes and what lies ahead? Hi guys, welcome to the SOS show, our mental health awareness podcast with me, Suchita. Kapil is the co-founder of SecureNow, an award-winning insurance broking firm that uses technology-based distribution to sell commercial insurances to MSME in India. Kapil writes regularly in the media, specifically on matters that impact policyholders. He's a director of the Insurance Broking Association of India, a policyholder representative on the Policy Protection Board Subcommittee of a Life Insurer and on the SME Advisory Board of a Leading General Insurer. We talk about various questions and some of the impactful ones is that why aren't the insurance companies falling suit after a directorate from MHCA 2017? What mental illnesses are included in the health insurance? What is mental illness from the perspective of a health insurance company? Why isn't there anything for the caregiver uh, included in the health insurance? And most importantly, why is it so difficult for someone to go and get a mental health insurance and what is it that they need to do for it? Stay tuned. Hi, Kapil. Welcome to our podcast, The SOS Show. And uh, thank you for joining in. Suchita, thank you for having me here. Uh, Kapil, I want to sort of start this conversation because uh, you are a founder of SecureNow, the insurance company. Uh, just starting off uh, uh, from a very basic question, when it comes to mental health and mental illnesses, uh, how do you define that from the perspective of a health insurance sector? Suchita, uh, you know, uh in terms of uh, what constitutes mental ill health, uh, I mm. think the insurers also follow the classification which uh, uh, the practicing doctors follow and what is there in the, uh, the Mental Health Care Act. But mm. from an operating standpoint, the way insurers tend to look at this is that uh, they look at uh, mental illness and they ask some questions. The question they ask is, is this something which will warrant hospitalization or not? And mm-hmm. if it is something that won't warrant hospitalization, is it an illness that uh, will lead to hospitalization because of a physical ailment sometime in the future? Or is it something, you know, which has a high degree of comorbidity? And uh, that's the way, uh, or is it an illness which affects the nervous system? Because that's one of the core systems in the body, along with the heart and the uh, sort of the pulmonary systems and, and some other systems. Mm-hmm. So they are really looking at uh, an issue and trying to assess what is the level of hospitalization that will be required now or in the future. Uh, so it's really not the most medical, uh, it's, it's not a treatment kind of an approach, but it's just a future expense approach that most mm-hmm. insurers will take. That's very interesting. The level of hospitalization is what they tend to sort of figure out. But tell me, uh, tell me, couple, is, is there any sort of a bifurcation uh, uh, because we are still sort of trying to get over the stigma of mental illness. We're still trying to understand what and how to define it, even for common people. But does things like, you know, do, do we include, uh, do we include bipolar? Do we include depression? Do we include schizophrenia? 
um, OCDs, anything that you would like to name when it comes to the insurance sector or everything is included? Um, well, you know, uh, there are two parts to that question. The first is uh, you have to get an insurance policy. And the second is once you have an insurance policy, what is covered for treatment under that? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, getting an insurance policy, if you have a mental illness, is not easy. And we can talk about that uh, yes. you know, later. But yes. let's assume you have a health insurance policy. Mm. Uh, essentially, uh, you know, as per law, a- any mental illness that requires hospitalization and the, the decision of whether hospitalization is required or not is done by the, uh, the doctor in charge will be paid for. Of course, if you if you see which are the kind of diseases that require hospitalization, they will be typically, uh, you know, uh, dementia would be one, uh, schizophrenia would be another, high levels of anxiety disorders uh, maybe another, uh, excessive amount of uh, compulsive disorders are the typical issues that require hospitalization. Uh, but if a doctor says that, you know, this particular treatment requires hospitalization for uh, three days, four days, seven days, that has to be paid by law. Right. Right. So, so, so coming to the, your point, which I think we were discussing earlier as well, getting an insurance policy is not easy. And that's the, that's the first crux of, uh, of getting into the whole thing. So, so tell me, tell me a couple, MHCA, Mental Health Care Act 2017 has given equal importance to physical and mental health. And it has uh, directed everyone to sort of implement this, which has not been implemented till now. So IRDI has asked mental illnesses to be included in all regular health insurances. And that has not been included slash implemented. So where do we stand right now in terms of the implementation slash getting an insurance policy? I think, Sujita, the implementation which is required as per the act is that mm. uh, in an insurance, all mm. kinds of diseases are treated in a similar manner, physical and mental, and right. that does happen. So I think uh, to that extent, the act uh, provisions have been implemented. Right. The issue is that, uh, which is I think uh, a more severe issue, uh, that if, if you suffer from an Ill- mental illness, most insurers will not issue you an insurance in the first place. So sort of uh, getting an insurance becomes difficult and that leaves uh, somebody who's ill uh, very vulnerable because not only are you not covered for the mental illness, you're also not covered for the physical ailments that come. And if you, if, if for a second I put myself in the shoes of the insurer and, say, and ask the question, why are they not uh, actually issuing these insurances if you're mentally ill? Mm. I think uh, one big reason is that uh, mental illnesses are just not well understood and uh, insurers tend to be risk averse. So uh, rather than issue an insurance which uh, could result in uh, costs later on, then they would prefer not to do it. Uh, there's also another provision in the insurance law, uh, Suchita, which is that once uh, a health insurance is issued, by mm. law it has to be re- it renewed every year. So the insurance company cannot say that, look, uh, I'm going to stop renewal of this policy after five years or at a certain age. It's got to be mm-hmm. lifelong renewable. So that puts a little bit more pressure on the uh, insurer because when they issue an insurance today, let's say somebody is 25 years old or 30 years old, mm-hmm. that insurance is going to continue for the rest of their life. And uh, so if they don't understand a particular ailment, 
or they mm-hmm. perceive a higher risk in something, mm-hmm. they will generally not issue the insurance. Right. So, of course, that's the reason why we do not have many insurance companies uh, complying by this. So, we just have, and correct me if I'm wrong, Max Bupa, we have HDFC Ergo, and we do not have sort of any any other company that's that that's going with mental health insurance. Uh, it's not. So it's not so. It's not so drastic. I think. Uh, right. If uh, there are, uh, you know, if you look at uh, the various mental illnesses, there is a large uh, amount of the illnesses which are stress or moderate uh, anxiety related uh, matters. I think uh, insurers, particularly ones who have large sort of uh, uh, health insurance bases are comfortable insuring that. Mm -hmm. So, so many of the sort of routine things uh, would get covered naturally. So routine uh, I think things, what insurers all right. Uh, so, sorry, just to button here. So, so routine things is like what stress, anxiety. What, what are routine yes. things? Mm. Yes, I, I, I would. I, yeah. I, I think uh, uh, areas like uh, moderate work-related stress, right. uh, slight and slight uh, anxiety or. Uh, anxiousness. I think those kind of uh, risk-free, uh, which are risk-free, which are yeah, those with those will yeah. be covered, and uh, so the insurer will issue the insurance. And in fact, their uh, tendency to issue the insurance will be higher if you are taking a sum assured, which is not too high. So if you go to an insurer and say, "Look, I want fifty lakhs of sum assured," which is a very high number, then they will think twice. But if you say, "Look, just cover me for five lakh of uh, expenses." Uh, they would be much more comfortable just issuing the insurance to you and then uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So so when it comes to, uh, you know, the monies, like you're saying five lakhs or maybe seven lakhs or whatever, the, 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 not 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 a big amount. What kind, where uh, where does it sort of get adjusted? So when we, when we talk about, is it because most of the mental illnesses are also OPD. It's like, you know, your day-to-day thing, like, you know, you're going through a bipolar, but if you want to get admitted, like for example, in schizophrenia, so of course you're not going to get covered. So what, what are the differences there when it comes to the coverage of it? I think you're absolutely right that uh, a large part of the expenses uh, are uh, OPD related. Uh, these could be counseling sessions, these could yes. be sort of uh, simple home therapies and so on. Uh, what is happening, Suchita, is that uh, insurers are increasingly doing two things. One is mm-hmm. they're introducing these health insurances which have an OPD cover and uh, those OPD covers don't differentiate uh, between physical and mental uh, illness. So if you have a, a, you know, a licensed uh, psychologist or psychiatrist uh, seeing you, those costs will be covered in the OPD plans. Um, the OPD plans are not very cost effective in terms of the amount of insurance that is built into it. So by that, what I mean is that if you're going to get uh, 10,000 rupees worth of OPD benefit, the insurer will charge you 7,000 rupees for it or 6,000 rupees for it. You know, so. Uh, uh, unlike in a hospitalization where the amount of premiums are much lower, uh, but that uh, these OPD plans are becoming uh, increasingly more common. So anybody with mental illness should think of uh, the OPD plans. I think the other thing which many insurers are doing is that they're introducing these value added services that mm-hmm. offer uh, mental uh, mental wellness programs actually free of cost. So, you, so although our company SecureNow is not an insurance company, we are an insurance broker. 
Right. We have these sessions every Friday, uh, and insurers do also, where we offer one-on-one -on -one, uh, consultation with uh, with counselors. And mm -hmm. uh, of course, the format of that may be may vary. Somebody may allow like a full-fledged one-hour consultation. Somebody may say, "Look, I'm just going to do a screening activity for the first 15 minutes." But these services are offered uh, at no cost uh, to people who have insurance by many insurers and many intermediaries. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way the industry is sort of dealing with some of these issues. Right. So value added services where there are mental wellness plans. Would you sort of couple like to mention a couple of them that are offering uh, offering these services? Actually, if you get into the there's a the individual insurances and the group insurances. Right. So if you have uh, if you're working in a company and you've got group insurances, then mm -hmm. virtually most of the uh, insurers, I don't want to get into the specific right. uh, names, but you know, but, but most of the insurers would actually offer uh, this kind of uh, wellness programs. Right. Even on the individual side, if you look at the standalone health insurers, and you, you mentioned some of the standalone uh, yes. health insurers, but they are obviously uh, Max Bupa, Star Health, Manipal, yes. Cigna, uh, uh, Apollo Munich, which is now part of the HDFC group. Uh, right. These are some of the insurers who are definitely into this area. And if you look at the uh, other general insurers who have large health portfolios, uh, they would also do this. Uh, there could be insurers like ICSL Lombard or Bajaj. Uh, they would also be actually operating in uh, in exactly the same area. So it is uh, it is uh, it is not difficult to get these kind of uh, services. And the right. advantage is that the hospitals will have a panel of their own that they've created whom you can speak to. So, you know, you may have your own doctor with whom you're taking treatment, but you can get a second opinion from these doctors. Or in some cases, right. you may get your first opinion or first screening from these doctors themselves. Right. So if, if uh, so this is very interesting. This I don't think many people know about. And this is also something that I'm also sort of finding out. So if I, I as a lay person, like working or freelancing or whatever, you know, want this, I can just go to the company or whatever insurance I have. I can ask them to include that in my plan. Or maybe it's already included oh. and I'm not aware about it. Yes, it's exactly the second thing. So it's already included. You're just not aware about it. Hmm. And it's a little bit, uh, I'll give you an example, which is not a mental illness related example, but right. most health insurances allow you to get an annual health checkup yes. and uh, at no cost. But most people don't know about it. And the utilization of the checkup is probably 10% or less. Hmm. And similarly, hmm. uh, these wellness services are being offered. They're being offered on, you can read about them on the portal of the insurer. If you have downloaded the app, Right. see about it but uh, the usage is extremely low because people are not aware mm. or don't really put in the effort to uh, use the services but uh, yes they are available right so so what kind of if, if you would like to sort of give a couple of things mental wellness plans includes what like going you know going and talking to a psychologist or is it like going for a walk through somewhere you know helping you make you feel better what kind of things would be included in it and i mean of course it doesn't have to be sort of related to uh, any form of, uh, you know, uh, bipolar or anything else that I'm going through it. It's, it's just any person can go for it. Yes. So uh, the the more, uh, these are parts of sort of the general wellness packages and uh, yes. the OPD plans, but the more, the most relevant are of course, where you are allowed to speak with uh, counselors mm -hmm. uh, and, and talk about the issues you have and uh, 
these are one-on-one -on -one, uh, consultations and they are the most valuable because it allows the counselors to do a screening and for you to understand the level of severity of your mental uh, illness and whether you need more specialized treatment or more extensive treatment or not. I put that as tier one of the services which are offered and uh, there would be a, uh, there would be five or six insurers who would already offer this as part of the insurance plans. Uh, uh, second tier is where you can take a second opinion from the uh, you know from the insurer. This is uh, there are probably fifteen insurers who offer this. So if so if mm -hmm. if your mental illness uh, provider has told you that you need medication of a certain kind, and mm -hmm. the typical concern which you'll always have is that you know should I uh, just try counseling or should I get in for uh, should I get into medication because it's a long term and they have side effects yes. you can take a second opinion uh, the third level which is which is like a I would say every insurer does it is that they'll, they'll organize uh, a walk or a marathon or things like that those uh, while they're available in my mind are a little less valuable because those are things you can do on your own if, if today you want to go and run a marathon or go for a walk right. you really can you know, on your own. So I don't see that much value in those activities or in the sort of mass based webinars that happen because mm. they're so generalized. But, uh, you know, the 10, 15 insurers who are offering these more specialized services, I think, uh, those actually are, uh, are pretty good things to, uh, to think about. And of course they have been offering this for a while now and it's not a recent thing. No, it's not. I, uh, Sushita, I, I think this may probably also be relevant. Uh, mm. All the discussion we've had so far is around the, you know, what was called the health insurance, mediclaim insurances, mm. which are, which cover sort of all hospitalization. Now there yes. is another category of products uh, mm. in the health insurance, which are called the critical illness plans. And you can buy these separate or you can buy them as you, you can have some other insurance and you sort of tag it on to that insurance and then as a rider, or an add-on. Now, yes. uh, these critical illness plans have actually evolved quite a bit over the past uh, five to 10 years. Uh, in the early days, they would just cover cancer, heart attack, you know, sort of uh, very, very deep diseases, physical diseases. But now, uh, many of these plans will cover Alzheimer's, uh, yes. for, for, for example. And uh, some may put it as a more broad-based memory loss uh, and things like that. Now, it's still uh, out of your 30 diseases, maybe maybe uh, one or perhaps two are mental illness related, but at least it's a start. <clears throat> and uh, I think uh, it's a useful thing for people to look at whether, whether they want to really add on a critical illness plans, which covers the, uh, particularly as you grow older, because Alzheimer's is something which most often will, will impact you, you know, after you are 60. Uh, yes. These are some of the products to consider at that uh, at that point in time. And the beautiful thing about these plans is that uh, they don't uh, require hospitalization. Or you know, if you are detected with Alzheimer's, uh, you will get a certain sum of money which you can use for your day-to-day -day living. Mm. Sure. Tell me a couple. Well, uh, so we're talking about the pandemic times when we started almost a year back, March last year. And uh, as the research and the data says that the mental health online consultations during these times have gone up 180%, you know, the pandemic months. So has the insurance sector sort of been thinking about this, you know, because you're sitting in the center uh, what are your thoughts about 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 what could possibly the insurance? This is actually a bit, uh, uh, this whole 
Yeah, yeah. So Shweta, this whole thing uh, has been a big uh, change in the way insurance gets sold and marketed. Hmm. And uh, before the pandemic, you know, if you bought more than a certain amount of insurance, that's hmm. a ten lakh sum of sure, you generally would need to go to a center and get tested, uh, the blood tests and uh, be put on a treadmill and things like that. Now, hmm. uh, all those limits have been changed so that from I would say for ninety percent of the people who are buying health insurance, hmm. you don't actually have to go to a physical center and get tested, but somebody will call you and talk to you. And uh, do a do a do a assessment of your uh, health condition uh, over over the phone, and I think also in terms of the benefits which are being given, like what I spoke about the counselling and all of that, all of that is taking place online on on various platforms like this. So the industry has really moved. Uh, I think for uh, another aspect is when you make a claim in mm-hmm. the old world, uh, you would have to send your physical documents to the insurer, and actually you had to send the original paper copies. Now right. there are some insurers who will say, "Forget about the paper copies. Just send me a scanned picture, and I trust you, and I'll just sort of pass the claim on that basis." So mm-hmm. I think the industry is really across its entire value chain of mm-hmm. uh, systems and operating processes uh, moved online. That that sounds interesting. But tell me, couple, when we talk about mental illness, mental it doesn't just impact the person who is. going through it you know it it is it, it's like it's a huge thing that impacts the family involved in the caregivers that are involved in it um, has insurance sector thought about uh, the perspective of a caregiver and how much perhaps they might need uh, you know an insurance from for their own selves how can how can we help them that's a lovely question suchita i think so far as the uh, and you know um, so far as the insurance for the caregivers concerned they can just buy the routine insurances that's not mm-hmm. a problem but i think the point i want to make is that one has to accept that there are some things insurance cannot take care of and i, I distinctly remember you know uh, a couple of years ago there was something happening and this was a, this was a discussion on mental uh, health itself there one gentleman who must have been about in his 80s right. uh, got up and he asked me a question and he said that look i have a daughter who is not uh, able to take care of herself mm. and uh, I'm worried when I go, who is going to take care of her, and what is insurance going to do about that? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, I had no answer for him because that's an that's an area insurance cannot help him in. Uh, so these are there are limitations to what insurance can do. It's not a solution for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just right. you know, all the steps I've spoken to you about are just small steps. You know, like one disease here, a little bit of more comfort in issuing the insurance. uh hospitalization getting taken care of but uh, there is clearly a long way to go and uh, if insurers understand uh, the sort of cost implications and the treatment implications of mental illness in a scientific manner i think their comfort level in actually expanding the insurance covering given would just go up Mm-hmm. Right, that's a great point in terms of if they understand the mental illnesses at a more transparent and deeper level, is where the insurance can be sort of taken care of um, as we move forward. But if tomorrow anybody around me, anybody we know or don't know, one suppose I know somebody who has a bipolar or a schizophrenia and they want to get an insurance, what is the thing that they can do? Can they call you? Uh, they are <laughs> most welcome to call they they are they are most welcome to call me and they are most yeah. welcome to email me on my uh, email sure. id mm. uh, but uh, but but uh, if they can't the other the, what they should do is that uh, 
when you when, when somebody who's not well mentally wants to buy insurance the important parameters are the age at which you buy the insurance mm-hmm. the amount of insurance you buy which is the sum assured mm-hmm. and the structure of the insurance that you buy mm-hmm. and uh, the easiest insurance to get is a, a group insurance when you're part of a you know somebody in the family works in a company that offers group health insurance uh, you should just grab that because what happens is once you've been in a group insurance for some time then again the regulations are that you can buy when you move out of the group you can buy an individual insurance and the insurer will not ask you questions about your health either physical or mental so uh, that's one you know so if you're part of a company and somebody in the family is a part of a company uh, get that group insurance and then mi- migrate it to an individual insurance most people don't realize they can migrate it to an individual insurance that's one thing you can do or you can buy a family floater uh which covers the entire family if uh, and assuming that one one maybe one person in the family is mentally ill and buy right. some assurances that are not too big buy buy a 5 lakh some assured or a 3 lakh some assured uh because the number of questions the insurer will ask and the comfort is giving that is much higher and then over time you can sort of increase the uh, the sum assured and the insurer themselves will sort of uh help you go in uh, go in that direction yeah these are some of the things i think you know you can definitely consider doing right right great so so just to sum it up uh, a couple as we as we move forward the future of insurance uh, what do you see where is it sort of heading when it comes to mental illness i think in the uh, there's a sort of thing which is going to happen in the uh, in the near term and then there's a the long term in the near term i think uh, what's going to happen is as more and more uh, of these issues are spoken about and more data gets available Mm-hmm. insurers are going to get much more comfortable in issuing these insurances in the first place today if a person uh, while buying an insurance says that they uh, are very anxious the insurance is likely to get rejected which should not happen so i think uh, some of that will uh, will begin to change and more of more people more mental illnesses will get these insurances i can see that happening in the near term i right. think in the long term uh, insurers will think of uh, constructs that can actually take care of some of the issues that you mentioned uh, and overseas you have these insurances which are long term care insurances mm-hmm. for somebody who needs constant support or supervision and i'm talking of the more serious conditions yes uh, you have an infrastructure to take care of that which is subsidized or paid for by insurance mm-hmm. uh, and i think that some of those we may see coming but those are not things which are going to happen in the next 3 4 years it's mm-hmm. at least a 4 5 6 year project Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 just to sort of quickly add another question to that, a uh, couple is that so when you talk about as the understanding of mental illnesses for the insurance sector becomes more deeper slash transparent. When you say the understanding of mental illnesses, what exactly are the things that you're hinting at? If, if do you have a couple of questions there? Yes, and it all boils down to data. So uh, data. today, for example. Mm. when you uh, when somebody goes in for a knee replacement or a hip replacement those are physical ailments mm. you know uh, you know sort of know how long that knee replacement is going to last what is the success rates i can predict very accurately that if there are 1000 people about the age of uh, 75 how what percentage of those will require uh, a knee replacement i don't have similar such statistics for mental illness of course there are some broad sort of uh, areas there but at a very granular level we don't know uh, how many people are going to suffer from uh, alzheimers largely because uh, it's 
And if Alzheimer's, you might still know, but if I just take a compulsive disorder, for example, mm. or dementia, you don't know how many people are going to suffer from it. And largely, actually, in the country, it is undetected. So, uh, until an insurer can say with some degree of certainty that out of 1,000 people, these many people will suffer from dementia, these many from compulsive disorders, this is the cost which is, gets incurred when they get that disease. And by the way, 30% of the people who suffer from dementia also suffer from X, Y, or Z. And those could mm-hmm. be physical ailments. Mm-hmm. When you have that data, insurers can price the product. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the availability of clear data is going to get, um, make the insure, insurers more, they're going to be more comfortable going for mental illness. But is that even a possibility when it comes to mental illness to get such kind of clear data? Because even the research is still trying to figure out what what is schizophrenia, you know? Well, there is a shortcut. And Mm. uh, I think uh, that shortcut should also be considered, which is that, uh, you know, if you form a group, so for example, there are support groups for autistic children, or Mm. uh, there are support groups of people suffering from... uh, uh, you know, Alzheimer's or, or other disorders. If a group gets together, right, and uh, and a group could be a hundred people or two hundred people, and they collect data about themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if, if a group then goes to an insurer and says, "Look, we are a hundred, two hundred people. These are these are the problems we have, and here is what we know about our own group," then mm-hmm. an insurer may be willing to structure an insurance just for that group. And uh, mm, that's interesting. that is actually a, a, a very viable option. They may say we'll structure it for you. We'll leave out these three things. We right. don't want to cover uh, this, but we'll cover these other things. Uh, I think there you have a lot of flexibility and I don't see too many of those groups getting formed. But the more such groups you form and the more of those groups buy health insurance, the more insurers begin to understand what exactly is going on and how they should price products if they want to roll it out on a more mass scale. Mm, that is very interesting couple I think that's something that's very doable as well and uh, this is something that can benefit a lot of people uh, who you know and and of course you know they they can connect with you for example and say that this is what we have formed and you know can you sort of help us here yes right that's something we do all the time we do all the time insurers do all the time so you know Mm -hmm. if somebody has a group of a certain kind and wants to talk Mm -hmm. about insurance for that group Mm -hmm. uh, we are very able to uh, to sort of uh, tailor make special products for that group. Mm-hmm. Any loopholes in the whole infrastructure slash system of mental uh, of, of of insurance where you feel that that can be sort of tackled, uh, uh, you know, at the government level or should be tackled? The regulator has uh, actually done such a fabulous job on health insurance because if I just mm. look at the past five, six years, they've introduced mm. three, four different laws. What those, mm. you know, I, I, we don't have the time to go through every single law, but right. for example, like I, like I told you earlier, these insurances are renewable lifelong. The premiums cannot be changed if you have had a claim, right? Uh, mm. After you have bought an insurance for eight years, an insurer cannot reject a claim for any reason. So when you, and there are, there are a few others, when you put all these together, I think uh, the definition of, uh, you know, various diseases, what is the, what level of severity is acceptable, what is not acceptable, these are all standardized. What exclusions you can give are also standardized. So, you know, you just can't generally exclude uh, an anxiety disorder. It won't be allowed. And right. uh, so I think the products are really excellent, but what is needed is for sort of, uh, uh, you know, 
groups to come together, uh, mm-hmm. collaborate, uh, and then approach the insurers and structure these special products. And if information is available, uh, at least for the, from the body of counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists to make those more public, uh, some of the research that they do internally, those are things which can make a big difference. Right, right, right. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Kapil, for joining in and taking out time for to be part of this. I think very, very important conversation. I hope that, you know, people out there are listening and are going to benefit out of it. And I'm going to keep in mind the formation of the groups and see, you know, uh, you know, if we can do something together uh, uh, in that in that level. So, yes, thank yes, you. Yes, so we'd love much. to do that. Thank you, Sujita. And uh, <laughs> it was lovely speaking with you. I think for me, the most important takeaway is that how can you easily get a mental health insurance, one being via group, a family group, second being via an office group, also the value added services that are already present in your mental health insurance. And third and very important takeaway is that data of mental illnesses need to be transparent and easily available and understood for people like couple and health insurers to be able to give health insurances easily and of course you can find couple on this website securenow.com and in case you have any additions questions anything for us you know where to find us on our twitter and insta handles with the name metaphysical lab and epilogue media <laughs>